You are listening to CORE, a show on Code Zero Radio that plays bands located in the Fox Cities, a show to find and discover new music. Hosted by Andy McNamara. Hello, welcome to CORE here on WCZR Code Zero Radio. My guest today is Strategic. We're going to be taking questions. If you have anything that you'd like answered, 920-358-0795. going to start the show off with a song from Strategic. This is Masonry. You're listening to CORE on WCZR Code Zero Radio.
That was Strategic with Masonry. That was off the Choices We Make album. I would like to welcome Brandon to CORE. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's early, but hey, (laughs) (laughs) thanks for having me. I appreciate you getting up and and doing this today. Yeah, definitely. So can you tell me a little bit about that last song we just listened to? Yeah, um, that was, well, it took kind of a while to get it to that point um but it's it's been um probably one of my most popular songs it was recorded at rock garden studio here in appleton it was my my first full-length album and uh that was track number one so that's uh you've you've been on the scene for quite a while for anyone that that might not have Mm -hmm. heard of strategic you've been playing now for 20 years or close to 2015 maybe um, well, just over 10 years. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so 10 and a half. I feel like I've been, been hearing your name, you know, a oh, lot over oh. the years, which is good. Yeah, that's good. Where do you play mostly? Uh, what's the furthest you Mostly in the Fox cities. Um, you know, a lot of the coffee shops and bars and stuff like that, but, um, farmers markets too. I try to get around, uh, most of Wisconsin at least. Um, I have done a few tours and stuff. How did you get into the music scene in the first place? Was it something that you got interested in when you were younger? Or was it something in, in high school? Or when, when did you get the bug? Yeah, probably in high school, actually. Um, I think we had a pretty good scene going on back then. I feel, well, and then I was gone at college. So it was an abandoned college um, when I came back. Um, we had broken up, so I just went solo and... Yeah. What was the, the band's name? Uh, the the college band was called Remembering Crimson. Okay. I like, I like hearing some of the names. Yeah. <laughs> what, what caused the demise of that band? Um, just the graduating and people getting married, stuff like that. So it was kind of a natural decline. How long after the breakup of the band did you start writing solo material? Well, I had, uh, I had some material kind of in my pocket so i just kind of worked it worked on it and fleshed it out and um it was probably about a year a little over a year later that i started playing solo shows and so i kind of took a year and just worked on stuff was it kind of strange doing the first couple solo shows being used to like having a band yeah were you vocals in the band Mm mm-hmm yeah, it was it was a little strange. Um, so it was kind of back to my original roots of just sitting in my room, um, rocking out on the acoustic guitar. Uh, the song we kicked off the show with. Now that's got all the instruments. When you're doing your shows, are you doing them acoustic, or do you have a full band? So yeah, for, for the live experience, I'm mostly playing acoustic guitar. Um, obviously singing, but. Um, what I kind of started doing, I, I got into live looping um, about five years ago. So I've, um, I, the way that I write is I always kind of write with a full band experience in mind. So just trying to relate, you know, those different parts and sounds. Um, so the live looping has really helped me be able to do that. Uh, I can, for the most part, um, I did, I was doing some beatboxing. There was a time when I, time when I brought my keyboard with and I was trying to do that and um so I've kind of I've dropped the keyboard but I've done um you know a little more percussive stuff with the guitar um and just um a little foot pedal that I have with some percussion 
stuff. But yeah, just um, trying to make it a little bit bigger um, experience than than just the acoustic guitar. Was the the looping hard to to master because you've got to be right on, don't you? When you're doing that, yeah. So that was kind of another transition that I had to make. Um, I think it really took me probably a year to really get it down and master it. And how many releases have you put out so far? Because you've got a pretty pretty good body of work out there right now for ten years. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's it's been kind of an interesting experience because. I feel like each release I, I've worked with somebody else. Um, I've got a few EPs and a few full-length releases. Um, I also have a, a Christmas full-length and a Christmas EP. So I think altogether I probably have about eight releases. I saw the Christmas EP. I haven't heard it. Oh. So it, it's as far as the the songs on that. I'm, I'm curious. Is it they're all original, right? Are they covers? There's one original. One original. Yeah. So I've never written a Christmas song. When you're writing a Christmas song, like how do you go about it? Because when I think of a Christmas song, I think of like that, the big sound, the bells or something like that. Mm-hmm. How did you approach your song? What, what's it about? Is it about a Christmassy topic? Um, it's basically, well, it's called Christmas Joy and Hope. Um, it's basically just about how the... The season, um, you know, the the bigger uh, the bigger concept, the bigger theme of of Christmas really brings us all together. Um, as far as how do you write a Christmas song, um, for the two that I've written, it, it kind of just came naturally. Kind of just felt there was something within the chord or something within um, the lyric I was thinking in my head that just kind of made it seem Christmassy, or I thought I could do something with it um you know whether it was add sleigh bells or or just uh yeah just make it a little bit bigger sound um yeah so just let it just let it come naturally it feels like it's still kind of the christmas season (laughs) yeah you got the lights down here (laughs) (laughs) do you find yourself enjoying shows more in the winter or the summer i'd say the summer okay yeah, some some bands seem to hibernate season. during the winter, and others seem to hit the road in the winter. Yeah, I uh, usually take January off from shows. Um, February, well, last year took February off, and this year too. I have actually, I'm I'm really excited to get back into it because um, next next week Thursday I'll be down in Madison at the Arden, right? Inn, right. Have you been there before? No, I haven't, and they're actually closing, so I think it'll be uh, either second to last show or something like that so any listeners in the madison area you can see strategic yeah at one of the last shows at the art inn yeah that'll be fun which that i have been down to that venue a couple times it's it's nice it's big and it's hopefully something else opens up in there but that's that's great Mm -hmm. that that you'll get to play one of the last shows there yeah yeah that'll be cool do you have anything else that's coming up um as far as live shows i have uh, Thursday, March 19th, we'll be at Main Street Taps in Stevens Point. That's that's the immediate one, two that are on the radar. Do you have a, a favorite uh, festival in this area? Like, whether it be Electric City, Mile Music, um, Life Fest. I mean, we've got so many different different things going on in this area. Is there is there one that draws you? 
There, yeah, I have um, played each of them once. So, um, yeah, it's it's really it's it's really a kind of a a different experience. Um, the I think the one that really kind of felt um, different, in I guess in a way, is um, Steelbridge. Actually, oh, that's a really um, good one. So yeah, it just it just had this feel about it. It just felt uh, like just the camaraderie and. Um, Can you tell tell the listeners a little bit about Steelbridge? Yeah, uh, well, I'm not sure what's going on with it now. I know they did something different this like, last year. Really, they embrace like the kind of the songwriting, don't they? Like, isn't that the the main underlying theme? And mm-hmm. like you said kind of the camaraderie mm-hmm. saying that word wrong butchering it <laughs> yeah um yeah so they have the songwriter experience or whatever it's called at the um the holiday music hotel which i haven't been a part of that but um i got to play it for two years and um you know you play like three or four shows and go check out everybody else it's it's really compacted too it's um so, you know, Mile of Music is, is kind of spread out, which is good because there's a lot of people. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Steelbridge is, is kind of compacted and, um, it's just, just feels like you just, you know, walk in and out and just talk to everybody and it's cool. Do you make a lot of connections when you play these types of festivals? Or are you more of kind of do your thing and then observe some of the other sets? Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, I, um, both, uh, you know, fans or audience, but in, uh, other bands and stuff. So, and I think as a artist, you know, that's one of the biggest aspects of it is trying to meet as many people and connect with as many people as you can. Um, you know, find out who's really, uh, on your same wavelength <laughs> as far as styles of music and just, um, concepts or lyrics and songs and stuff like that. Are there any artists in the area that you seem to, to play with more than others? Hmm. Obviously, you've been on the scene for a while, so there's probably some people that were playing when you started that aren't even doing it anymore. But Yeah, that's true. Um, so let's see if I can give a couple of shout-outs. Um, Age of Fable. Played with them quite a bit. Um, there's a new uh, pop duo called 7,000 Apart. I've played with them a few times. So, let's see who else. Um, I have to think a little bit more about it. I want to put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a minute. No, um, I've played with a lot of people. and um, Yeah, even different, you know, different genres. How do you feel about shows that that mix the genres? Um, it might depend on on what it is. Like this last uh, for the the Christmas shows that I put together, um, we had Asumaya from Madison. Um, so he does live looping, but can you tell me uh, about the Christmas kinda, shows? Yeah, so we I I did a few of them. Um, I usually do every every uh, Christmas season. I do. Uh, show at Seth's Coffee, and then a, set, a show at Copper Rock. So I tried to do a few more this year because I was releasing Christmas 
set of music. Um, so yeah, so those are the, the two that I always do and, um, try to get, get some openers and, you know, just, uh, have it be, uh, more of a thing <laughs> to celebrate the season. And, um, yeah, so we had Asumaya, which he does live looping as well. Um, he's amazing. Check him out. And then, uh, Robbie Schiller from, uh, I can't think of the name of the band right now. I'm blanking, but. Yeah, so, and then we had Aurelia play the Seth's Coffee Show. They are a band, um, pretty, pretty fairly new band. Um, some friends, uh, they're from Pulaski. And, um, just uh, setting up the shows, just making it, um, yeah, like I said, making it a, a big, sort of a big deal <laughs> type situation. Um, but playing, you know, f- familiar songs that everybody knows and can sing along and, have a good time. What's uh, your your take on the scene in this area? Is is it a pretty musician friendly scene, or is it clicky? Like, what what's your read on it? Um, yeah. So having the having been around um, this area my whole life, um, just seeing it go through like phases and changes um especially over the last 10 years you know uh, mile of music really boosted the scene i think um so that's been that's been really good um yeah i don't know i don't know if it's i don't know if it's clicky or not i i'm just uh i think hopefully we're, we're each doing our thing and uh there's enough space and enough uh opportunities to go around I think again, going back to the camaraderie, we can uh, um, all just um, you know just kind of support each other, and yeah, doing those mixed genre shows, you know, it's uh, I think people are a little bit open, more open these days to different genres, and and even having them, you know, in the same <laughs> place at the same time. Do you have a, a favorite place to play in the Fox Cities? I I have I have a few I have a few spots. Um I I always like spats in the summertime. Um I like doing the Appleton Market. Um Yeah, there's there's a few venues that I've yet to get to that I'm I'm kind of knocking on the door I'd like to Wanna play a few new places this Any year. names you can give us? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll I'll have to uh I'll have to keep knocking on those doors. But uh yeah, there's there's a a good slew of uh, you know regular places that I play so um yeah so check the facebook schedule for you know when the shows will be this summer and uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of them so being a a musician what's the the hardest thing about booking a show and this is just subjective <laughs> this is just you know everybody's different with with what you know they're um, probably, probably sending out hundreds of emails and only getting, you know, a few responses. So that's probably the hardest thing is, um, email, 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 and then, okay, you'll get one or two back and email, 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 you get one or two back. What's your view on, on social media? 
as far as it's so widely used as a you know tool now which a lot of musicians just kind of they almost depend on just facebook for advertising do you do other things to advertise shows or are you more or less sticking to social media yeah um obviously social media um is is used but um yeah just kind of keeping it um keeping it old school i guess in a way um you know making sure you're doing the posters thing and um just kind of getting out there supporting the scene um Yeah, it's uh it's hard. It's hard to get uh, the recognition that you, <laughs> that you want to or um yeah, but I would say just not to rely fully on social media. Um doing stuff like this is a <laughs> hopefully a a good way to be involved too. We're going to play another song. This one's called Beside Me. Can mm-hmm. you color us in on this song? Yeah, this, this, this. Was this a rock garden song or was this done somewhere else? This was a Studio H. Yeah. Uh, Tony Anders. So, um, he actually did the guitar, um, the guitar, like intro, outro thing. So, yeah, we, um, this I kind of released as a pre-release single to my motivation album. Um, this was about two years ago when I finally actually got it, uh, digitally released. So you can go check it out on all platforms right now and um yeah this this was uh this was another track that kind of took a while to um, take it from that initial acoustic idea and um get it but yeah once tony started playing the that intro outro thing you, you know we knew we had something that you could just feel good and rock out to so um yeah it's beside me Strategic with Besides Me, you're listening to Core on WCZR, Code Zero Radio.
That was strategic with Beside Me. That's a great song. You said it was recorded Thank at you. Studio H. Yeah. Yep. And Studio H, we were kind of discussing during the song. I don't know if Studio H is still open. I know where they were before is closed. Yeah, I I, th- I thought I saw there was a different studio in there. Yeah, let's have to find that out. We'll reach out to Tony. <laughs> so when uh, when you're recording that song, mm-hmm. so you're bringing a lot of songs to the studio in like an acoustic sort of form at that point, right? You said Tony added some some guitar to the mm-hmm. beginning and the end. Mm-hmm. Um, is it stressful when you're in the studio recording? A song like that 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 hasn't had like full band treatment yet, and you're adding extra things. Do you, do you find yourself working on these songs for a long time instead of just kind of going in, recorded, done, next one recorded, done? Yeah, um, it it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like if you were uh, a cook, you know, you you kind of have a, a recipe or something that you know. Okay, well, this is supposed to have this flavor or whatever. Um, so it, it depends on what it is or like what your vision, I guess, for the song is. And so my my I guess my original vision for that song wasn't uh, wasn't like it. It kind of has a pop punk kind of feel to it now. Um, whereas is kind of before it kind of sounded like um, a lot of the choices we make album. Um, but then, um, I think as we were working through some of the songs too, we kind of realized that a lot of those songs on motivation had that feel. Um, so then, um, you know, Tony just grabbed the guitar and he's like, what if we like just put this on here and try, try this little thing. And I was like, yep, that's it. (laughs) So I was like, sometimes you don't really know until, um, until you get somebody else perspective on it. Um, which, which is for the most part, I'm writing, um, a lot of the songs on acoustic guitar. Um, and that's why I do have, um, most of the songs do have acoustic guitar on them, even if they're, uh, sounding more rock or more pop punk or whatever. When you're playing a show, do you hear Tony's guitar part in your head? Because you're probably not playing that part in a live (laughs) setting, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, there's, so, yeah, going back to that, there's only so much you can do, um, as a one-man operation. Um, but actually, yeah, so that one I haven't played a lot live. Um, I, I probably will play it this summer. Um, but, uh, yeah, so just kind of figuring out again, um, what works and what doesn't work and, you know, um, it doesn't necessarily, um, need that part live um but but i do get people that are like oh you know it's kind of a it's kind of a weird thing you know you're have these recorded songs sound like this and then come see you live and you're like you know stripped down version or whatever but do you have a favorite song of yours to play live favorite song to play live um for a while it was masonry uh, the first song you played um it was kind of the um i think yeah it, especially it being one of my biggest songs um i usually well for the last like two or three years i just that was my show opener song 
Um, and so I do it in such a way, um, and that's kind of the beauty of, of the live experience too, is being able to do stuff differently, um, being able to um, have, have that be, you know, an experience in itself. And so, yeah, masonry, masonry has been uh, one of my favorites. And um, a lot of the newer stuff that I'm playing is a little bit more, um, it's, it's kind of got a different vibe to it. It's, um, so it's been providing me some more, um, uh, not flexibility, but um, being able to just stretch creatively a little bit. Are you going to be kind of going into a different direction on on the next releases? Maybe. Um, <laughs> I have I have uh, a couple things that are uh, basically ready to go. Um, one of them's not necessarily a concept album, but um, I think if there are different styles or genres that I'm toying with, there'll probably be like an EP unto itself. <laughs> um, I, yeah, so I have uh, some of the more rock songs and then some of the more acoustic songs, and it kind of feels like they're kind of diverging a little bit. So I'm not sure um, how to incorporate those styles. Um, but, but one of the ideas I have is to, uh, actually, um, I write songs with my daughters. And so I have some kids' songs <laughs> that are ready to go. So I might, I might, uh, try my hand at some children's music. That'll be, that'll be <laughs> great. So you've got, you've got two daughters. Yes. How is, how is it balancing family life with musician life? It's, it can be difficult at times. Um, just making sure that you, that you balance your time, I guess. Um, but they, I mean, they like, they like getting into it. They come to my shows and dance and, um, you know, we're at home. Like I said, we writing songs or whatever. <clears throat> Excuse me. But yeah, um, do you, do you bounce song ideas off of them? Uh, not quite. Not quite yet. I think that the kids EP would be awesome. Yeah. It's it's an idea. <laughs> you mentioned you recorded at Rock Garden, Studio H. Any mm -hmm. other studios that you recorded at? Yep. I went for, let's see here. We, I think almost every project has been a different place. Um, there was for, uh, the EP worthwhile, I went up to Interpose Productions, which is in the UP and, um, Seth Waters worked on that project. Um, he's related to Greg Waters. Uh, local people probably know that name. And let's see here. What do we do? Cool Waters band. Um, so just recently, so last year I worked with Tim Dorsey out at Open Window he did the Christmas album. He's got a lot of Christmas music of his own, so I knew that he would be a good person to work with on that. Do you feel that different studios give you a different feel while recording? Because I'm guessing each studio comes with a different engineer and different ideas. Do you have any 
experiences that you can tell us about, which makes each place unique or a reason why somebody listening that records might want to go to each of these places? Yeah, I've tried to think about um, each project uh, on its own, like what's it going to be, um, kind of feel, kind of figure out and feel out who's who's the best um, stylistically and um, just working with Mark at Rock Garden. Um, I mean, he's amazing, obviously, um, gave gives you a good rock sound, um, kind of that, you know, some of that classic feel to what he's doing is, is amazing. And, um, with motivation, working with Tony, you know, he kind of is on that pop punk kind of side of things. So, um, that was kind of where that album was heading uh, for the most part. So yeah, that was good working with him. And then, like I said, Tim with the Christmas stuff, just, just kind of figuring out who's, who's good at what and, uh, um, you know, good fits. Um, and then as far as different feels, um, I think there's definitely, um, you know, Rock Garden has a, a lot of space and it's, um, just the setup is, is really great. Um, but yeah, being able to kind of, um, I think you said something about, is it hard or difficult when you're in there to, to take a, take an idea and, and put it down? Yeah. So again, having, having the idea or, you know, allowing the person that you're working with to kind of sp speak into it or, or help it along. Um, yeah. So just, I, I feel like I, I've, for each project, I, I've found a good match. Um, and right now, you know, I'm just, I've got some stuff ready. I'm kind of trying to figure out what, what's going to be next. Um, so have, I'm trying to figure out where, where to record next. Have you ever been into recording yourself? Have you ever dabbled with that? I'm not good at it. <laughs> some people are. Yeah. I don't know what your history with that is. Yeah, um, I've got my home studio with Pro Tools. It's um, the, the one that I've used for uh, basically since I self-produced, self-released my first EP. And um, back then I was, I thought, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to record all my own stuff and put it out as often as I can. Um, but then I, then I realized that I just, I couldn't, I couldn't make it what I wanted it to be. Um, so to answer that, yes, I, I've, um, dabbled. Um, I, I brought a, a couple of mixes to Mark at Rock Garden and he said they were decent. So, um, but I, I allowed him to uh, remix and remaster those. So I think I can get it to a point, a certain point, but, um, you know, being, wanting it to be the best and, um, I guess almost a perfectionist side of me, uh, letting somebody else, uh, make it bigger and better. So you're a perfectionist. I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Do you find that that hurts 
hurts you as far as getting getting the the project complete? Do you keep going back and changing things on a on a typical recording, or do you get it done and let it let it be? Hmm. I'm sure if you're like recording, adding some stuff that wasn't there before when you're recording it, you probably step away for a little bit, listen to it, and then maybe the new parts maybe trigger something else and a different idea in your your head, and you're like, ah, oh, maybe this would complement this that wasn't there before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that is hard. Um, I don't know, I. One of the things that, uh, I think it was Mark that said this was, uh, you know, the, the song will let you know what, what it needs and what it doesn't need. And like, you know, if you, if you listen back to just that acoustic, that first acoustic take and, uh, it sounds good, you know, with the vocals or just that, then that's good. And like, leave it or, you know, just add one little, extra thing to make it interesting or shine um yeah so that 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 has been hard but um i'm trying to do that a little bit more um so and that that was <laughs> that was kind of an interesting thing too with uh, thinking about the uh moving pieces album that i put out last year um i just kind of reworked some of my older material and I did an acoustic version, a piano version, um, a string version, different songs. So it's kind of an interesting concept to do, to do it that, <laughs> do it that way. <laughs> it ha- that happened pretty naturally, um, which which was good. And I think part of it was I was playing these songs differently live. Um, so a lot of people, you know, kind of became familiar with the acoustic version of that specific song or whatever. Um, but, um, I had this song called Past Behind, Future Ahead. And, um, I knew that I, what I wanted to do with it was kind of make it feel like it was pulled out of the eighties, but also have a modern, modern feel to it. And, uh, <laughs> so that was, uh, that was a really fun track to make. We were going to end the show with that song, but I'm going to move oh. that up and let's do it. Uh, let's play it right now. Okay. Is that okay? Sure. So you just heard uh, what the song was about. <laughs> and Living in the moment. Yeah. You're listening to Strategic on Code Zero Radio. And if you've got a question for Brandon, you can still get it in. 920-358-0795.
That was strategic, and that does have a very 80s sound. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's what you were going for. Yeah. <laughs> and does that, when you were, were doing the drums for that, because was that on a, obviously keyboard drums, right? Or Yeah, so I, I actually found this guy online, and he did the remix of it. Uh, he oh, so he added all that stuff on Specializes in the, yeah, uh, the retro wave. Um, I, I sent him all the all the stems, and he just did magic. That could be like in an 80s movie. <laughs> like it really could. Awesome. Have you thought about the, doing a, like a video for that song? Yeah, we're actually, uh, I'm actually going to be working on it this spring. Awesome. Um, we've got it, the concept down. So um, look for that. Hopefully, hopefully by May we can release it. It seems like you could have a lot of fun doing a video for that song. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> and then are you going to be shooting it yourself or going through somebody in the air right now, I suppose? Um, well, I have this guy I work with. His name is Casey. Um, I know, um, he's been out there, um, doing his thing, trying to get, um, a lot of connections. Uh, he, he used to go by Northern Mantle, but he goes by Fuchsia, Fuchsia now. And so check him out. Um, yeah, he's, he's doing some good stuff. Um, he's helped me, uh, quite a bit. Do you have a lot of video content out there right now that people can check out? I do have some, um, not as much as I want. I, um, kind of how I think about things is, uh, okay, this is gonna sound weird, but I have a, a video concept for like 90% of my songs, <laughs> but they're never gonna be, they're never gonna all get created, obviously. Um, most people do like one or two per project. So, yeah, I would love to, to be able to put out more content, um, in that, in that way. Cause I have the ideas. They're there. Just time too. Time and money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking really forward to that eighties video. You yeah. I'm kind of excited about that. And plus he teased this possible kids EP now, which I'm going to hold you to it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, it probably won't be till next year. Next. Okay. That's a, that's a lot at of least waiting. a year. At <laughs> least. Is there a, a strategic album if somebody's never listened to you before or heard of you that you know they're going to go listen to one of the albums for the first time? Is there one that you would suggest that they go to first? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, choices me choices we make was really a turning point for me, and. The thing was, it took so long to get to that point. Um, and then a lot of people did ask me, like, after I released Motivation, like, oh, this is different, you know, this is, like, kind of a different side of you. It was still there. I think a lot of the production was, well, like, like we talked about, it was, it's more of a pop-punk-leaning album, whereas Choices We Make leans more towards a straight rock type of feel. Um, but Choices We Make was really, um, it was really just, uh, it, was a, it was a high point for sure. Um, like I said, Masonry um, was, was a standout song, and Can't Go On was another one that I was doing live that um, took, took a while to get recorded. Um, so, yeah, it was... Um, it was a lot of the learning process too, um, of how to uh, create a full-length album in the studio. 
before it was just doing EPs. So yeah, um, that, that, that'd be the one I would say, go check it out. What are your biggest influences music wise? Like, is there any, any mainstream artists that, that you really like any that you really liked growing up that still influence you? Yeah. Um, so there's a few bands, um, there's a few, um, what, uh, well, sorry, what was the word you said? <laughs> Inspired me? Inspired or influenced your, yeah. your style? Um, what I typically, there's like my top five that I tend to say is, uh, Switchfoot, The Rocket Summer, Reliant K. Um, those are the ones I have listed on like all my sites as influences. Um, and, and there too, you can hear in, in those bands, um, there's more just regular rock stuff. There's pop punk kind of stuff. There's, um, another band called Mute Math, which is more experimental, but, um, and then there's another band called May, M-A-E. They've been a big influence on me too. When you were growing up, did you watch a lot of MTV or any? No, no, <laughs> not really. Were you buying a lot of music growing up? It's uh, a lot of CDs. Do you do you think the CDs, the CD format, will ever become popular again? I know cassettes. Sometimes you hear you read a story that they're coming back, and then. It's like, well, I don't really see that they're coming back. <laughs> it's like got to be a really small pocket I, of people. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I was, j- what I was going to say is it's been interesting to see the changes, um, especially for people our age. <laughs> um, I'm not going to say how old I am <laughs> or how young I am. <laughs> um, they don't even, like, my new computer doesn't have a CD player in it. It doesn't have a, a spot for it. Um, and I, I know people have told me a lot of new cars don't have CD players. So, I don't know. Is it, Probably not, I guess. Do you even pay to make <laughs> CDs anymore as an artist? Or do you sell a lot of CDs? That is an interesting question. Is it still worth it to make them? Do people buy them? I don't want to say no to either of those, but I guess I, I'd be leaning towards no. It's tough because it's even like digital format. I mean, you almost have to want to support the band. Like, you're pretty much giving a donation to support the band because right. I can buy the digital album or, you know, pretty much it seems like 70% of everything is on Spotify or a streaming mm-hmm. service. We're in some tough times, my friend. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I've, I've heard it said that like your music is your marketing, mm-hmm. basically. So, um, you know, a lot of people are doing, support platforms and i've i've thought about doing that like a patreon or something um yeah like you said it's tough times to make a go of it have you had any success as far as selling shirts or anything like that compared to physical cds um if if people are interested i usually try to how like, crazy do you uh, get with uh, merchandise? <laughs> well, I'd like it to be um, more or bigger and better than what it is. But if somebody's interested in something, I usually try to like 
upsell or try to, you know, like, hey, if you want a shirt, I'll throw in a CD or stuff like that. So, yeah, if, if somebody really is interested, um, you know, they'll, they'll either just throw money in the tip jar or, you know, they'll kind of be like, oh, 15 bucks for a shirt. What if I throw a CD in? Okay, sure. And then they go spend 20 at the bar. <laughs> right? <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I, just, I, I wondered if you, if you had a favorite show that you played live. If there is one show that stands out as being like the current peak. Hmm. Good question. Um, you said you had just been a few. We, let's see. Oh man. I'm racking my brain. I mean, I've really enjoyed some of the festivals. How's your mile of mile of music set? Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've I've wanted to play mile more than I have, uh, so I won't get into that. But um, I've I've done a couple of good shows, like the Cup of Joy had like 200 people. Um, festivals tend to have a lot of people too, so. Um, but yeah, for me, it's, I guess it's more about like, like making those connections, um, finding the right audience. And, um, like, like I said too, you're, I'm kind of limited in how crazy I can be on stage or, you know, uh, types of things I can really do to make it sound, make it all sound good. But, um, yeah, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy playing, um. I, I've enjoyed doing smaller, even smaller things like just bonfire type show, um, health shows. You're okay with people like videotaping and recording shows? In general? Yeah. Or, well, if, if you're or just me. Um, Some people don't like it. Sure, I guess. <laughs> I mean, there's not much way to stop people anymore. Feels like everybody's always recording everything. <laughs> do you do you ever run into a situation where somebody posted a a photo you didn't like of you performing? <laughs> I was just thinking about this the other day. <laughs> I was talking to my wife because, um, well, the picture that you used for today, I was like, <laughs> oh, he picked that picture, <laughs> and like people used to, um, people used to pick like the weirdest pictures to promote the gigs and i was like oh why'd they use that picture that's <laughs> that's not my promo photo they went on my social media and grabbed some random picture that's exactly what i did <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh wait what about that this looked, better one that looked pretty rad so i grabbed that one <laughs> yeah that's all right when you see photos that are put up that you don't like do you ever reach out or do you untag yourself because really as an artist you're kind of in a way controlling your image too, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've probably untagged myself from a few weird ones, but yeah, I mean, you definitely want to control that as much as you can. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, like I said, seems like everybody's, it's kind of a free for all <laughs> yeah, It's a wild <laughs> in <most>. a way. Um, <laughs> You know, so just 
making sure when you're presenting yourself. Um, social media is the hard one. You know, you can control your your um, website and I don't know different. You know, things you're putting out like your merch or your posters or whatever. But yeah, making sure that you're staying consistent with your content and um, yeah, staying true to yourself always. Where can people go to find out more about strategic? Oh, before we do that though. Yeah. Where did the name come from? Oh yes. I always get this one. I, well, so when I went solo from the band after college, I had probably a list of 50 names and, um, it just kind of stuck out to me. Like I looked up the word, what it meant was uh, a well thought out plan or purpose. And so I kind of felt like everything that was happening was for a purpose. Um, the fact of just going solo and kind of into this unknown, like, you know, what, what is this even going to be? Um, but I felt good about it and I felt like, you know, there was a reason the band split up and, you know, I kind of had this feeling of just, uh, trying it out on my own. Um, yeah, that's what I try to communicate to, to, to people. Um, yeah, um, everything happens for a reason. So, you know, it's cliche, but, um, yeah, there's a purpose. <laughs> Uh, screaming upstairs. <laughs> okay, so the purpose for that too. <laughs> so where can people go to to check out more on strategic? I would say Facebook is probably the biggest one. I I've always been on there. Um, it's the one I update the most, and it's just Facebook slash Strategic Rock. Um, Bandcamp. I've put all my releases on Bandcamp, and um, obviously, you know, all the. Uh, music buying platforms like iTunes, Amazon, Spotify. Spotify has been the biggest one lately, I think. Uh, people have kind of flocked there. Um, so, yeah, stream on Spotify. All right. Where else? <laughs> Can you think of <laughs> any more that I You're on Reverb Nation, too, I believe. Yeah. Um, that, I feel like that's kind of going the way of MySpace. I think you're right. I think you're right. I, I know that... I know a couple of people that still kind of cruise that for, for new music, but it's not updated very mm -hmm. often. Mm -hmm. I don't think your Reverb Nation page has been updated. I should check. Oh. I'll do that after the show. <laughs> Actually, I did. I did just update it. So you can go check out some stuff there too. But Facebook seems to, to be the one to go to for the most current information. Yeah. But we're going to end the show with Eye of the Storm. Hmm. Where was this one recorded? Right. Was this part of the Studio H? This was part of the Moving Pieces album that I put out last year. And um, each song on there was changed in some way. So this one we was a, a mix, um, self-produced mix that I, I brought to Mark at Rock Garden. And uh, he remixed it, remastered it. And it's... Um, song about when adversity hits you um what are you going to do um in in the middle the eye is kind of the calm you know the 
you're not sure what's going to happen next. And so it's kind of just an encouragement to stay strong and get through it. And that's pretty much it. All right. This is strategic. I want to thank you for joining us on core. Yeah. Welcome Thanks back. for having me. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome back anytime. This is Strategic with Eye of the Storm. You're listening to CORE on WCZR Code Zero Radio. for listening to CORE.